Welcome to Sports Bites, your bite-sized podcast that serves up the perfect blend of sports and food. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and in each episode, I'll look to tackle the latest sports buzz while including the tastiest bites. In this episode, I'll break down my trip to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the crazy weekend that was in the NFL. Now, I talked about five games to keep an eye on last weekend, and that started with the Seahawks and the Bengals. Ended up being a close game. Cincinnati's defense forced Geno Smith into two interceptions on the day. They got out of there with a 17-13 victory. That gave the Bengals back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Big thing in it, twice in the fourth quarter, the Seahawks had the ball inside the Bengals' 10-yard line. Both times, the Bengals' defense stopped Seattle. Here's the final play that really clinched it for the Bengals in this game. Motion man, Metcalf. Smith. He throws B.J. Hill, and it's over. The Bengals' defense delivers. The defense. I mean, usually when you talk about the Bengals, it's the offense. Joe Burrow, Joe Nixon, Jamar Chase. But after its first two drives, I mean, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead. After the first two drives, all they ended up totaling was 214 total yards of offense. Jamar Chase had six catches on 13 targets for 80 yards. The Seahawks end up dropping to 3-2 on the year. They're going to host the Cardinals next. The Bengals improved to 3-3. They're going to have their bye week before they welcome in San Francisco, who's probably not very happy with how their weekend went. Another game I said to keep an eye on, and due to the matchup, I talked about in my episode last week about the matchup of the Jets' defense against the offense of the Eagles. And it turned out to be one of the crazy, unpredictable results of last weekend. Now, Philly, it was 14-13 early in the second quarter with Philly. You know, most of the NFL world is probably thinking this is going to be a route. But the TD with five minutes and 32 seconds left in the second quarter would be the last points Philadelphia would score. Now, I I, I love the interior, Quentin Williams, and just the, the grittiness of this defense. And that's why I was intrigued. I wanted to see what they could do with DeAndre Swift. Could they get pressure on Jalen Hurts? What could they do to the receiving core? Biggest thing is Zach Wilson didn't put up huge numbers, but the number that was most important that I think was he played clean football and he he let his defense put the team in a place to win. And that's what he did. With one minute and 47 seconds left, he let Brees Hall find his way to the end zone. Oh, man. We welcome those of you who are watching Arizona and the Rams on first down into the end zone. Brees Hall in for the touchdown, and the Jets take the lead. Now that put the Jets up 18-14. to And Zach Wilson, again, made a good play with his legs on the two-point conversion. He found Randall Cobb in the end zone to give him a 20-14 to lead. Eagles still had some time left. But the Jets' defense continued to get pressure. And again, on a fourth down play, the last attempt for the Eagles. Fourth and eight. They rush three. Spying Hurts, who's airing it deep, looking for Devontae Smith, underthrown, broken up by Jordan Whitehead. The Jets' defense delivers again. Jets' defense is all over Jalen Hurts. They forced four turnovers on the day, three of them interceptions from Hurts. The big front line did not allow DeAndre Swift to get going at all in the run game, and Hurts may have outnumbered Zach Wilson, but again, Wilson made good football choices, 
Their line did good, did a good job keeping Zach Wilson clean the entire game. It was a big win for the Jets. The Jets are now 3-0 and in games where they force three turnovers. So they're 3-0. and And the big thing is they're no longer 0 for against the Philadelphia Eagles, the longest losing streak in the history of the NFL. They're the only team to be 12-0 and against anybody in the NFL. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that, you know, teams that have been around that long. They have never beaten the Eagles until now. So good for them. Up next for Philly, it doesn't get easy. They take on the Dolphins. Up next for Philly, it's not going to get any easier. They take on the Dolphins. And the Jets at 3-3 three and three will have a bye week before taking on the New York football Giants. The Lions went to Tampa with the Bucks wearing those creamsicle uniforms, which I still like for the first time in over 12 years. The Lions and the Bucks were flexed to the afternoon slot, and Detroit is showing why they're one of the best teams in the NFL, period. The Lions went to Tampa with the Bucks wearing those creamsicle uniforms for the first time in over 12 years. I love them. The Lions defeated Tampa Bay 20-6, and Jared Goff continued to have a hot hand. He threw for 353 yards, two touchdowns. The Lions' defense held Tampa to just two field goals. Now, it was still a one-score game late in the third quarter. Detroit was only up 10-6 when Jared Goff found Jameson Williams for the deciding score. Goff. Looking deep. Wants it all. Jamison Williams looking for the ball. Got it. Touchdown. One of the big things the Bucs could not get going really was on third downs. They were 2 of 12 from third down. You know, and that's going to kill a lot of drives, tie your defense out. And a guy I talked about in the, the episode when I was talking about these games, Amon Ross St. Brown. And I know people, you, you know, a lot of people now when you talk about the NFL, it's about fantasy football and stuff. But if you just watch what this guy is doing, I love Amon Ross St. Brown and what he's bringing to the Detroit Lions. 12 receptions, 124 yards, one touchdown. Uh, the Lions improved to 5-1 and one on the year. Bucks dropped to 3-2. and two. Next on the docket for the Lions, they head to Baltimore, and the Bucks will host a struggling Atlanta Falcons team. Monday Night Football was the fourth of the fifth games I said keep an eye on, and I wanted to see how the Cowboys would fare if the Chargers would shoot themselves in the foot as they have most of the year. Now, the Cowboys made it out of Los Angeles with a 20-17 victory over the Chargers. Dak didn't throw any interceptions, which is good. The Cowboys got to see if you target CeeDee Lambs, good things can happen. The biggest play of the game came, had to be Dak finding Troy Pollard to start the fourth quarter. Prescott has to pull it down. Eyes downfield and throws back. Finds Pollard. Big play. Off he goes. Samuel to beat. First down at the 15. That's a big play, and that really kind of led to Dallas getting that victory there. CD had seven catches for 117 yards. The defense secured the game by picking off Justin Herbert on the 33 with a minute to 22 left in the game. Dallas improved to 4-2 and two on the year. The Chargers fell to 2-3. and three. Next up for the Cowboys, they have a bye, a chance to get rested up before hosting the Chargers and uh, before hosting the Rams, and the Chargers are going to travel to Kansas City to take on the fighting Taylor Swifts. Now, Micah Parsons came out and said, look, don't throw shade at us if you're not going to throw shade at the 49ers and the Jets or the, or the Eagles. You know, the 49ers losing to the Browns and the Eagles losing to the Jets. Uh, again, a little bit different, man. Uh, to me, it's just a little bit different. They didn't get... They didn't get just mollywopped, okay? You got embarrassed. And you lost to a very mediocre Cardinal team. 
This Jets team was built to win. You had a chance. You have Aaron Rodgers there. You're probably not having some of the issues. But I like what I saw from that Jets defense. If they could continue to play that way, Zach Wilson makes good choices. Brees Hall keeps his head about him. The Jets are going to be a fun team to watch. The final NFL game I previewed was the game that I was going to be at. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't disappoint, right? First off, if you've never been to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it's amazing. I thought the flow of traffic was great as far as the people getting in and out of the stadium. The one main thing I was worried about is, you know, taking my wife. And every week you see these videos of these horrific-looking fights at NFL stadiums, right? Didn't see a single fight. Not to say that one didn't happen. We just never saw one where we were at, right? Never saw it. Even after the game. Didn't see a fight. I thought the presentation of the game was great. Everything that the Falcons did for fan interaction was great. And and look, my wife, she knocked it out of the park for getting us tickets to go to the game for my birthday. The food was great. And I'll talk about that here in just a second. You know, the atmosphere, there were a ton of Commanders fans in Atlanta. I saw a lot of Redskins merch, which was very nostalgic for me. Even heard a lot of people walking around singing the old Hail to the Redskins fight song. It was sad at one point, you know, I heard a Washington fan it was at halftime, and my wife and I went up to the concourse. We were going to go get some food and stuff. We, we went to the facilities, and I was waiting for her to get done, and a lady had came out of the women's restroom, and she looked at her husband. They were all in, in commander's gear, and she said, Honey, they got TVs in the bathroom. We don't have that at FedEx Field. And it's sad that when you think that was surprising to her that they don't have TVs in the bathroom, at FedEx Field. As for the game, the Commanders bounced back after a very lackluster showing against the Bears on Thursday night. You know, they ended the Bears' 14-game losing streak, but I guess Washington loves streaks because that game ended Desmond Ritter's 31-game consecutive home winning streak dating all the way back to when he was in high school. He hadn't lost a home start in 31 straight games. High school, college, NFL. Hadn't lost a home game in 31 games. You know, the Commanders had control of the game. Let Atlanta score late to bring some drama to the game, but Ritter threw his third pick of the game to secure the victory for Washington. Sam Howell threw three touchdowns on some short passes, but played clean football. Still too many sacks for me. Still the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. You know, it was 24-10 in the third after Howell found Brian Robinson Jr. for a 24-yard touchdown pass. Neither team could really get anything going consistently on offense, and I really did not like what I saw from the Falcons and how they use Bijan Robinson. I talked about Bijan Robinson, how much I enjoy what he can do. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's going to be tremendous. He'll probably win Offensive Rookie of the Year. They use them more as they split out, more of a slot receiver than a running back. Now, Kyle Pitts, that young man is a force to be reckoned with. But I don't know if Ritter's the guy. I was actually hearing some Heineke chants in the Falcons crowd. And it wasn't just the commanders. And I saw there was a, you know, a big reunion with a bunch of the commanders, players, and Heineke, you know, because they all got really close. They all loved Heineke. But I heard a lot of Heineke chants in the crowd. But as it was kind of going back and forth, you know, Washington took the opening drive, got a field goal. Atlanta takes their opening drive, goes down, scores a touchdown, a little bit back and forth. And then the play that really opened it up. Bradley Pinion. Creeps up to the 27. Returnable for Crowder. Right up the middle, across the 35. There he goes. Crowder beats the punter. Can he get there? He cannot. Tripped up from behind at the 
I thought I was going to see a punt return for a touchdown in an NFL game. You know, where we were sitting, we were looking diagonal to the field, kind of, uh, we were in the end zone, but like looking through the field, which, I mean, great seats. My wife did an amazing job. Beautiful stadium, right? Beautiful stadium. Plus the commanders won. I got to see my team win. And we sat around some great people, but overall, an amazing experience. But what made it even better is... (laughs) So it's halftime. My wife and I are getting some food, getting another nice cold beer. And I hear the announcer come over the PA. Welcome to the stage. Your halftime entertainment. R&B legend. Bobby Brown. I was like, no. No. And then I heard it kick up. heard a song and I was like no 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 and my wife was like Chris look look and I wanted TVs on the bars in the concourse showing the film boom it's freaking Bobby Brown new edition Bobby Brown so I, you know, we get out and, and everybody everybody's up dancing everybody's having a great time he sings every little step I take he sings my prerogative. Now I'll say this. Bobby doesn't look good. The drugs have not been good to Bobby. But this was very nostalgic for me. You know, I'm 47 years old. And, you know, the new edition of Bobby Brown. I remember school dances. Bobby having that high top fade, that little Gumby hairdo. And, and I... I <laughs> I loved Bobby back in the day. I loved him when he was with New Edition. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I saw Bobby Brown at halftime. He sang every little step first, right? And it was great. Then he sang My Prerogative. And at the end of singing My Prerogative, your boy was a little gassed. He, 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 looked, he, looked, he looked pretty gassed, you know. And I was just like, man, Bobby, whew. But it was awesome. Earlier, I saw Emmanuel Lewis. They had him at the game. And and not to sound bad, but I looked at my wife and I was like, I thought Emmanuel Lewis was dead. You know, he's in his 50s, but I I had thought I had saw something. Maybe he's one of those internet hoax. I thought he was dead. But he was there and they put on, he was doing like a Price is Right kind of mock, you know, for fans in the crowd to win prizes and stuff. Then they show him later in the game and he's wearing Falcon stuff, having a good time. They had a fake Mr. T. So that's why I really wasn't like, no, that can't be Bobby Brown. But then they show him. I'm like, yep. There's the gap T. That's Bobby Brown. It was great. It was it was amazing. Now I'm going to say this. If you get a chance, whether it's a college game, whether it's a pro game, if there's a football game that's going to be played at the, in Georgia at Mercedes-Benz Stadium that you want to see, go. It's a beautiful Beautiful arena. Everything's clean. They take care of it. They do a great job. Now, everyone knows Sports Bites and you know what we do on this show. And I talk about food and places to go. And you know, getting around Atlanta, sometimes the traffic isn't as great. You know, we we kind of um didn't get to the stadium as early as we would have liked to and had some problems finding some of the more gourmet locations. And that's poor planning on my part, so I apologize for that. 
But the food that we had, you know, wasn't bad. You know, we started off when we got there with some draft Dos Equis. You know, walked up, and, and it was really quick. Boom, boom, boom. Got in, got out. Nothing crazy. I think it was like 15 bucks for the Dos Equis. I had a Dos Equis Amber, which I liked the Dos Equis Amber. And we walked past the uh, the Fresh Mex, which had like some Mexican food, and we got some nachos. And the nachos were phenomenal. Tinga chicken, queso blanco, jalapenos, lettuce, pico, sour cream. They were good chips. They weren't like mushy. Soft. They, they stood up to the test of having everything on there. Great nachos. It wasn't like you take your army can opener and that cheese product that you dump out with a little bit of that jalapeno flavor. This was good queso blanco, the tinga chicken, great flavor, the jalapenos. They were fresh jalapenos. Loved Had a lot of kick to it, which made that Dos Equis Amber Oh, so good. So halftime, we're going around. I'm like, what do we see? So I saw Capital Crust. I heard a lot of people talk about Capital Crust pizza. So I was like, all right, let's go give that a try. We look, you know, it's your typical cheese, pepperoni, sausage. You get an individual slice, you get a whole pie. We got a slice of pizza and a bottle of water. I think it was eight bucks. Again, at a football game, an NFL game, not bad. Eight bucks for a slice of pizza. And it was a good-sized piece of pizza. It wasn't like, oh, you gave me a slice of DiGiorno thing. It was a good slice of pizza. So we get that. We're walking by the ATL grill, right? And I keep seeing everybody with these chicken tenders, like this chicken tender basket. That's where it was at, the ATL grill. They also had a bacon cheeseburger. So I'm like, okay, so let's get that. So we get the tender basket. It comes with like five chicken tenders. And some fries. It's okay. I give it a three out of five. Probably if I'd had, you know, had time to get some condiments, I might have liked it better, you know, a dipping sauce or something. I was too excited to see Bobby Brown. So maybe that kind of hindered my experience a little bit. The burger, I gave it a three out of five as well. And and I'm sure you know, you know the taste of a mass-produced burger when it's sitting under a heat lamp for long periods of time and the, the bun gets kind of moist where the bun and the meat meet. That's kind of, it was that taste. It was a good burger, but it's just, it is. So again, not terrible, not great. All was made better with the draft blue moon. I told my wife, I forgot. I forgot how good a blue moon on tap really was. It was good. Overall, I'd rate the common food that we had a four out of five just because the nachos were so good. I didn't even get to go to the Mac Shack. I saw it, and that's where they had all the mac and cheese. Buffalo chicken mac and cheese. I wish I'd have had it. Wish I'd have had it. But if you get a chance, go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Other games that were a little bit on the NFL this weekend or last weekend, obviously the Browns shocking the 49ers 19-7. The Texans are actually playing good football. They're three and three. CJ Stroud finally threw his first interceptions. The Texans beat the Saints 20 to 13. The Patriots are bad. Mac Jones' days are numbered. The Panthers are bad. Bryce Young looks like he doesn't belong in the NFL right now. The Giants played their tails off, had every chance to knock off the Bills. They fell 14 to 9 on Sunday night. Some news across the NFL. Anthony Richardson is being shut down for the year. He's going to have shoulder surgery. That now means the Colts are going to be led by Gardner Minshew. Trevor Lawrence is questionable for the game tomorrow night against the Jaguar against the uh, Saints on Thursday night football. 
Tyreek Hill is out there trying to recruit people. They just announced that flag football is going to be in the Olympics. Tyreek Hill wants the NFL guys to come join him. Now, they did play that here in Birmingham at the World Games, and the USA men won the gold beating Mexico, so they've already got a pretty good team. I don't know who the world's going to bring, but they've already got a pretty good team in the United States, but I think it'd be unfair if you bring guys like Tyreek Hill, but I don't know if any of the NFL owners would want to risk their investments, but we'll see. Look at my NFL top five power ranking after week six. Number five, I give it to Philly. Number four, the Bills. Number three, the Dolphins. Number two, the Lions. And number one, the 49ers. Yes, the 49ers lost. You know, Christian McCaffrey was hurt, got banged up in that play. You know, a pushed field goal at the end, you know, unfortunate. And, and I'll say this, the Browns defense is really, really good. They're really, really good. Nothing against Brock Purdy, but I saw Brock Purdy for years play for Iowa State. And there's going to be some times when Brock Purdy plays like Iowa State Brock Purdy. And that was one of the times against Cleveland. Miles Garrett, he's, he's phenomenal. But I think Philly's still really good. You met up against a really good defense. Got out-schemed. You got out-schemed, got out-physical. DeAndre Swift was shut down. You couldn't get the running game going. I mean, even Jalen only had like 38 yards rushing. The Bills are still one of the better teams, even though they struggled against the Giants. The Dolphins are up there. But the Lions, I would love to see a Lions 49ers game. I would. That's my power rankings top five in the NFL. Number five, Philly. Number four, the Bills. Number three, the Dolphins. Number two, Lions. Number one, the 49ers. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, a quick one. But thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food for years. I hope you savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouthwatering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward.